Do I have a Star Wars key? Yeah, Natasha got it for me. Looks like a hotel key. It makes it easy to find. Yeah, Natasha oh, yeah. got it for him. Leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, she wanted to get something that was easy to find in the dark. Oh, no, yeah. It's very practical. I mean, it's almost a weapon, though. It's so big. Oh, yeah. I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about my keys. <laughs> Welcome to Buried Cinema, where we discuss new and lesser-known films in detail. I'm Nate. I'm Brian. I'm Kevin. <laughs> oh. Hold it. Damn it. I'm Steve. I'm Tom, and there will be spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert. He's Tom. <laughs> I was going to do that too, Tom. I didn't hear Patrick introduce himself, so I must have missed something. Oh, uh, we, me and Kevin went like the exact same time. Yeah, and what was even more awkward is we looked at each other as we were doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to look at each other as you're doing it. Yeah. It's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this month, besides awkward sexual encounters, we will be discussing Tale of Tales. Which surprisingly features awkward sexual encounters. Surprisingly features <laughs> awkward sexual encounters. But it shouldn't surprise you when we say it also stars Vincent Casal. Now you'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Makes okay. sense. Um, we're doing Tale of Tales and Willow. It was my choice this week, so I chose Tale of Tales. Uh, this is a m movie made by an Italian director, Matteo Garone. It is his first English language film. It's sort of a accurate picture of not the sort of Disneyified or child-friendly ones that we typically get. He went and found three old Italian fairy tales, and he put them to film. Featuring two classics, such as uh, The Prince and the Leper and The Princess and the Flea. <laughs> right, yeah, the ones that you've all heard of, right? I think Jean-Baptiste of Vassili is the one that found them. Yes. Um, these are classic fairy tales, and unlike our fairy tales that we're used to hearing or what we think were the Grimm's brothers, they normally are incredibly crude, very violent, and typically revolve around some horrifying turn of irony. They don't have the sort of moral at the end like you are used to, and so these are actual fairy tales. Uh, this film stars Selma Hayek, Vincent Casal, Toby Jones, Blink and You'll Miss Him, John C. Riley's there for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> BB Cave. There are several other people that I'm sure will pop up that we can discuss. Moaning Myrtle. Moaning Myrtle is in yeah. this. That's right. Yeah. She was. Um, she mm -hmm. has a real name though, but uh... no, she did. She was the, <laughs> ugly, the ugly wrinkled sister. Shirley oh, Henderson. Yes, Shirley okay. Henderson. Um, there are three basic stories in this. There's one of a mother who desperately wants to have a child, and she does. But then there's an unfortunate twinning, I guess, that occurs, and more. There's a story of two uh, older women who are being um, pursued, is the kindest possible word I can come up with. We're being pursued by the very um, lusty Vincent Casal. And um, finally, there's a story of Toby Jones at, who gives his daughter away to a troll. I'm glossing over some details, but that's so that we don't spend 15 minutes with me talking about each one, because I'm sure we'll get into it. I actually saw this in theaters. And Kevin, you mentioned earlier this movie made like no money, right? 
You were one of the 12 people to go see it. I think I was seriously, like myself and the friend I dragged might have been one of like made like few people. It only made $80,000 here. Um, But for some reason, it came to Winchester, Virginia. I was really excited for it, um, mostly because just images I'd seen on the internet were impressive. And so when I watched in the theaters, I, I found this movie really fascinating. It is absolutely horrifying. But some of the shots in this film, from Selma Hayek eating a heart in a completely white room, to her running through mazes, some of the shots in the Italian countryside, that hexagon castle that they have. And most of this is shot on location. Wow. Um, and a lot of the things that are like actual puppets, like that dragon. The but axolotl. most, yeah, the axolotl, the giant axolotl. Um, most of this is just such impressive, like cinematography. It's such impressive production design. And I love old fairy tales. I love how gruesome they are. I love their twists of irony where I, I love like the Miller's tale, but no one would ever be daring enough to actually put that to film except for maybe Matteo Garone, because that's what you get. He doesn't hold back. And so I, I, I really like this movie. On a second watch, I saw some issues with it, but I'm kind of curious what you guys thought. This is a first English language director. That being said, the stories are told well. I don't know if I would have preferred they show them each in their entirety first. I, instead of skipping between each one, I feel like they were doing certain things together. You know, they were they introduced the Vincent Cassell uh, character during the funeral for John C. Riley, and then you know, Toby was Toby Jones there as well? Yeah. Okay. And then I yeah, I, just, I just feel like you know they're they're intertwined, but they're not at the same time. I didn't hate it, but I didn't truly enjoy it either it's just one of those things i prefer a linear story to you know jumping around all the time but it was crafted very well in terms of setting costume everything like that yeah that's about where i was where there's actually some really brilliant stuff like the cinematography like you mentioned nate that shot of Selma Hayek eating the heart in that that's just a beautiful shot there's plenty of other even the shots that are kind of little silly with John C. Riley at the bottom of the ocean fighting a monster. It looks yeah. like something from the 60s. Yeah. You know, but it's done in such a stylized way. I kind of liked it. So some of the way things were shot were really good, but I, I, I was having a hard time keeping track of which story I was working with. Like, not necessarily which story they were dealing with, but keeping track of the, the line of each each individual story because it kept switching back and forth. Yeah, you know, to remember what happened. Yeah, I, I, it'd switch over and be like, okay, where where am I? What happened in this one? And so there wasn't enough interconnectedness to to where I felt I felt like I was watching three different movies and flipping between them. But I did I liked the grotesqueness of it. I liked even a lot of the just strange things that happened. Like why. Son, I don't know. The the son is one of the weirdest human beings I've ever seen. Just the way he looks. <laughs> the twins. The twins. The twins. Yeah, they're just weird looking. I know like if I like... saw that person in the road, I'd cross the street. Wow, poor Christian and Jonah Lee's. They're. <laughs> I'm sure they're feeling really good about themselves right now. Whatever. This is our podcast. We're really sorry. Um, so they weren't. You just find your whole face um abnormal. Yeah, I don't. Okay, I was gonna make a suggestion, but then I thought, okay, maybe I'm not looking at this the right way. Do you think they were cast because the intent of the story of the fairy tale was 
to have abnormal looking children because of how they came out into the world. You know, she was pregnant for a day. Yeah. It, was it the intent for them to be otherworldly looking? I think the makeup yeah. definitely accentuates and is meant to make them look strange. There's, There's a lot of grotesque. Like the yeah. They were supposed to resemble the axolotl. Ah, okay. Oh, I didn't catch that. Wow. Okay. That's a huge leap for them to ask That's you to make. Not a huge leap. Oh, it totally is. Uh, yeah, the axolotl is a pale white thing with weird colored yeah, eyes. How is that a leap? Because if you miss they that... They do that in fairy tales all the if time. If you miss that one fragment of a sentence... And, well, let me ask you this. If, if the underwater scene were shot more clearly, I think the connection would be easier to make. That's part of it, too. I had such well, a hard time the under, with that scene. The underwater scene, so apparently, hard. the axolotl pulled a Bruce and refused to work. Yeah. It started breaking, so... <laughs> right. Did you read why that happened? It was oh, because yeah. apparently he like brought it to like his kid's like birthday party and broke it. Yeah, it was like show and tell. <laughs> oh, sorry, $12 million yeah. movie. <laughs> so, like, this was a... I mean, this it, it was an actual puppet. He wanted it to be bigger. He wanted it to be a bigger scene. But, yeah, then it, it pulled the jaws, okay. and they could do one or two shots with it. And so he instead had to kind but of you don't, do it more... Sub, you don't even need that shot. scene to connect those dots. It's... That's cool. I, I didn't thought of that, Tom. And I, I've seen, I've seen this twice, and but that really? makes, uh, wow. that, that makes. Sense. I didn't connect those yeah. dots. Nobody I mean, ever said anything about it, but I mean, they both got pregnant from the heart of this axolotl, and then they give birth to children that resemble the axolotl. I don't know if it was the, the fairy tales that the director was basing this on, or if it was the director. And the fact that this was his first English-speaking one shouldn't make a difference. Out of credit to him, I'm going to attribute this to the stories. I did not like this. You didn't like the stories themselves? I didn't like the stories. I didn't like the movie. Okay. <laughs> so you didn't like well, this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, no, because you can like the stories independent of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like the stories. And that's probably What's there more not cultural. to like about these stories? Come oh, on. Has, it, I guess I hadn't really thought about it until Brian mentioned it. And he took these three stories, so I'm going to tell these three stories. He didn't then put that extra effort to really tie them together yeah, some way. He did right. the, the loose burial at the beginning and the wedding at the end that mm -hmm. quote-unquote tied, tied them together. Them yeah. Really, he did. They really were three separate stories. So I, yeah, I right. guess I hadn't really thought about that as far as wanting more interconnecting between them mm -hmm. or somehow trying to tie them all together into the same world. When we were watching it, or when I was watching it, I was thinking, this would make a good Netflix series where they did, like, yeah. you know, seven episodes, a little, you know, yep. kind of like Black a... Mirror style, but with yeah. old fairy tales. That would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That I would, you know, binge in a night. I think it's an interesting directorial choice for him to try to weave these together. I think yeah. that you, you guys have a point that it, it struggles for them to come together. And on my second watching of this, I think one of the reasons is um, Garone says that they are tied thematically. And he said that the reason that he chose these was he wanted to choose um, a thematic representation of women at different points in their life. The elderly, motherhood, and then when you're young. And yet... I don't think... Wow, this, this is a bleak view of a woman's life. Well, he, <laughs> right. I also agree right. that he was also like, desire for one thing, but not, like, once you get it in the end, it's not what you thought. Like, all three of them really wanted, really wanted marriage, yeah. really wanted, you know, the kid, and then right. in the end, it was, wait, this didn't turn out the way at all. I okay. Really yeah. wanted her skin off. Really, yeah. wanted <laughs> really just wanted to be flayed. Yeah. You know, you gotta be, also, you gotta really choose your words carefully. Some people take I, your joke seriously. No, when he okay. first said, when she said that flayed, I'm like, what? That, that, she, I must have misheard. I yeah. went around and I'm like, did she say flayed? I was really glad, actually, how, and I, I think it, it shows his skill, how he shoots that, right? Yeah. I think it's so much more horrifying. Um, when he, we know what's happening, he has that slow, she's being pulled on the, 
cart and she's smiling. She's so happy. And we're like, oh gosh, this is going to be awful. And then I'm worried we're going to have to watch this scene, but he pulls back and just has these whimperings, which makes it so much worse. We see her walking (laughs) with, with the dress and covered in blood. And we're like, oh, and it it gives, yeah. And it gives our mind time to think about it. And then he reveals just her face and it's enough. It's just, it's, it's horrifying in the exactly right way that it should be. I thought that was impressive. I thought it. Yeah, I he knows when to show yeah. something and when not to. Yes. The resolution yeah. to the that and the ogre story are incredible. Just this the final image of both those stories. The the twin story just kind of peters out. It doesn't. Yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah, it doesn't really. There's no like big. You know, you. I mean, when she has the ogre's head and she's like you sold me and you know it's it's like this huge moment and when she's walking up her skin flayed in this dress it's this huge thematic symbolic moment the twin story i honestly don't even remember how it ended Selma hayek turns into a bat (laughs) yeah no and i because we talked about this afterwards and it's not clear um how the the mother is that kind of bat creature um Oh, yeah, 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 that's and, right. And I right, keep after... forgetting that. You've told me this yeah. like three times, <laughs> really? and I keep forgetting the ending. I don't it's know It's that important. Mother. Yeah. Selma Hayek, Hayek turns into a bat. Right. I saw the bat turn into a woman. Yeah, that's right. Selma, that Selma Hayek. Hayek. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't, couldn't, I was like. That was so obvious. How could you miss that, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just Tom, but, I actually didn't catch that on my first time through. <laughs> my friend had to tell me that that's who it was. I was like, oh, the one we haven't talked too much about is the, uh, the BB Cave one with Toby Jones and the Flea. What'd you guys think of that? It was. It took a totally different turn. Like I thought it was going to be about the King and the Flea, and then that really was just a setup. Yeah. For the well, marriage. I plot, thought it was. You know? I thought it was going to be the like comedic relief section mm-hmm. of the movie, yeah. and it turned out to be like the most horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I was, Yeah. There was that that moment where he comes up and he's like Flea. I'm like, well, how are they going to get her out of this? Nope, they're not. Yeah. They're not going to get her out of this. And yeah, it just got worse and worse. If you love yeah. me, you'll do it. Yeah. Like, oh, gee, yeah. Yeah. And then she yeah. goes off and she getting getting raped out. by an ogre in a cave. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Typical Thursday. And you, you know what? I feel here, here's one of the crazy things. I kind of feel bad for the ogre until he rapes her. Yeah. yeah. At, at that point, he truly becomes a monster because up up until then, he's just trying to do his best. You know, he's like, "Here, would you like some food?" And yeah. I'm like, "I'll oh, just, you know, the guy made you some food. Maybe you could eat it." Well, that's, that's <laughs> what this movie does. Interesting things because that would normally be in any other fairy tale. That would be the Beauty and the Beast kind of story, right? Where right. the ogre yes. isn't really an ogre. He's really a good guy, and you have to look past the blah 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 blah. Yeah. Right. No, he's a shitty ogre that like eats animals raw and rapes women. And but in the animal do, kingdom, kind of humanize it, him they humanize him, but he yeah. still is what he is. Right, right. So I, I'm in no way condoning what he did, but in his mind, rape isn't a word. Well, yeah, yeah. No, he's so he's animalistic, I, right? And that's his main. I'm so old day that you yeah. got married to a woman, you could have sex with her when you wanted. Right, that was what it was. I and I, uh, I still felt sorry for him in the end. Yeah, completely. At, at no point, right. did, yeah, I, I, I didn't because of what he did to her. That didn't diminish my opinion of him. I already had an opinion that he's an ogre, he's an animal, he's a stinkshore. But there's not some set. like artistic soul hiding underneath. He, right. he is what he is. Yeah. Right. right. There were, there's no. If she had escaped, him, he would go back yeah. to just murdering people. And yeah. Eating them. And right. Yeah. You That's can you can sympathize does. with him and still be like, oh, good, she got out of that. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which and I think is really impressive. Yeah. 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 And I think it's also there's what also kicks up that empathy is how. Is, is that final moment when she kills the ogre, how yeah. she does it is so devious. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But in a, in a good way. How else is she going to escape? It's yeah. just her strength, just her intelligence, how she sort of becomes like humble and pretends to be weak and is, almost gives the sense without saying anything like, okay, I will come back to you. Well, she plays um, on the ogre's actually goodwill in a weird way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The one good thing about this creature. I right. think it makes her a perfect queen at that point. Yeah. It's very sure. Machiavellian. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe that's all he was doing. Maybe he, the, yeah. the king was smart. Yeah, I, don't think so. a... I, I, I would like to see that story continue. I don't have the same problems with you guys about anthology films. I like anthology films. And I have no problem with these three stories not being intertwined. I can just accept that they exist in the same I don't mind world. anthology it's... films as long as there's not more than one story. <laughs> <laughs> but I do agree that, oh, okay. I, I do agree that the, it, at the end it doesn't feel quite complete. And I think it has mostly to do with the one about the twins. But otherwise, I, yeah, the production design, the, everything. I mean, the film looks incredible. Yeah, it's really, really stunning. And, and I, I'm, I'm really drawn to this kind of fantasy filmmaking where they can create such a complete world and a believable world. And I like, I like dark fantasy. I like gothic horror. I, I felt very uneasy for most of this movie, and I didn't like that. But... I think that is what he's trying to achieve. I think he is trying to definitely make you feel uneasy. Yeah. Yeah. But let's uh let's let's grade this. We've talked about it, so let's uh, grade this a little bit. Um, I'm gonna give this a B. I don't think that they all connect. I I agree with you guys. I think the first one with the twins is a little weak. I will say Selma Hayek's performance in that is really really good. I think she carries it. Um, yeah. And when she's not in the scene, I think the story is a little bit weaker. But I think the production value, the costuming, he manages to find places in Italy that don't look real, that still look like a fairy tale. And so I, I, I have to give this a B for that. Um, Brian? I'm going to give it a C. No, no, I'll give it a B. Uh, I, I can't fault the story that much. I mean, real, really, my my biggest issue with this is the way it was edited together. But other than that, it wasn't a bad film. Um, it was, you know, gorgeously made. Everything was really well done, except for, in my opinion, the editing, which isn't enough for me to give it a C. Tom? Yeah, I'm going to give it a B just because some of it does feel incomplete. Mostly that one, the story about the twins feels incomplete. Steven? Um, I, so, not to drag this out, but Brian, you mentioned the editing, and that's something we haven't really talked about. The cinematography was the opposite of. I feel like we did, though. (laughs) No, I said I don't want. Yeah, I thought we talked about that. The editing. I'm 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 pretty sure we did talk about the editing. Steve, I think you talked about the editing. Yeah. Yeah, you. No, no, no. I, I, okay. I'm talking about in terms of like single shots. Sorry, I misunderstood. Um, There are the cinematography is great, but there are scenes that go on way longer than they should. Like the the scene, the specific scene I'm thinking of is Vincent Cassell when he first like gets up from his orgy, his night oh, yeah. orgy, and he's wandering through the halls, and he's just walking through the halls, and it's the shot, the camera following him, walking through. I'm like, okay, where's this going? And seriously, it was just forever of him walking through the halls, and then he comes out and he sees the what he thinks is a young girl that he hasn't had yet, right? But right. that that could, that I don't understand what the point of him walking through the halls for what felt like. 45 minutes well, I mean, before he gets kind of to the just, balcony. It kind of just shows what his life is. He's he's I, either he's either in the middle in an orgy or he's bored out of his mind. 
I, Do you remember, I, Steve, you're bringing all... up the thing that often happens with unfortunate with American audiences. There's a foreign sensibility where they're willing to take the time and just watch a character walk for two minutes. Do you, um, I don't remember when we watched Kantiki, there yeah. was the the actual foreign edit. The opening shot of that is like three minutes of a man walking across a frozen lake, right? Oh. And then when the Weinsteins got a hold of it, they cut this two and hour and 15 minute movie down to an hour and a half. And so a lot of times I think all that you're complaining about is just what is a typical European sensibility where they will show a character if he's going to walk from his home across town, they're going to show him walk across town. Yeah, so I don't know I, if that's an editing. I, actually, I think that's just how they how they like to produce their stories. I actually at first thought, Steve, you're talking about his first scene in the movie, which I thought went on too long. Which one? Where he's in the carriage. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, oh, in the first, carriage. I, I was like, oh, all right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Okay. Yep, I get it. Yeah, I must have fallen asleep again. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, there, there were several scenes like that yeah, where it just I'm, kept I'm, going on longer. The whole orgy thing. Damn it. It, it went too... on longer than it felt like it should have. Like, yeah. I, I get the point. I get what you're trying to get across. And now i got to sit for a few more minutes and still watch the scene. And <laughs> I, it just that kind of drove me nuts mm. after a while. So I'm giving this a C because of that and the third story just doesn't kind of. I think there's a bit of angry jealousy there about Vincent Casal's life as well. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. Nah, I don't know. I don't he, envy him at all. Oh, my God. Is he still married to Mo Monica Bellucci? Or did they... Uh... Well, I envy him in, in that regard, sure. Right, but, okay, yeah. Um, Just check. You know. <laughs> we haven't even talked about how she jumped right back in his bed after he threw her out the window. Yeah. Right, yeah. That's, we don't need to talk about it, but I want to bring it up. Or how about the fact that she becomes beautiful by sucking on the teat of an old witch? Yeah, well, that I can buy. You read that. That's how it works, isn't it's it? Fairy tale. I mean, yeah, yeah no, that, that makes sense. Yeah. fairy tale stuff. Fairy tale. Uh, Patrick, um, I I totally get what you guys have said about like not tying it together and all those things. Sitting through the movie though, I didn't. None of that mattered. I thought it was beautifully shot. It was three stories I hadn't heard before. I was enchanted all the way through. So I give it an A. I, wow. I really, really enjoyed this movie. I, I totally can see what you guys are saying about that now on the second thing, but that didn't diminish. Like while I was watching this, I, I just thought it was fantastic. So. Kevin. Kevin, bring it home. Originally, I was waffling between a B and a C. Now I'm between a C and a D. Because I think I hated it more than you. I know I hated it more than you guys did. And if you're giving it these kind of grades, I'm like, I'm not being harsh enough. But I, I don't think that's grounds for giving it a bad grade. So I'm going to give it a C. So with three Bs, two Cs, and an A, that gives Tale of Tales a B minus. All right. So something else we like to do here on Buried Cinema is a fun game called Movies Out of a Hat, Questions Out of a Lunchbox. <laughs> Because what we do is we actually draw a movie out of a hat and we attach it to a question that we have drawn out of a lunchbox. Um, and this is still the same system that we use. So just through, just trust us, this is what we do. So I'm going to now just uh, draw a movie out of a hat. You can hear me authentically rustling paper <laughs> as I drew a movie out of a hat. And now I'm going to draw a question. Where do you get those rustling sound bites from? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Um, what is your favorite moment in this movie? And I, I, I giggled because of the choices, the movies that we're going to talk about. So what is your favorite moment in this movie? Uh, first up, Dr. No, the original James Bond from 1962. Two words, Ursula Andress. 
Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I knew somebody was going to call it. I thought those two words would be Honey Rider, but we're saying yeah. the same thing. So, <laughs> Honey Rider coming out of the ocean. Oh yeah, that's good stuff. I think Can you name another moment in it's, the, it's, like a moment in that film? Sure. Um, the the part where Quarrel's afraid of a fake dragon. How about that one? <laughs> He's it's afraid of what comical is how we go from moving. very deep thought into cinematography and directors <laughs> and how the Oscars is getting ruined by this to movies. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, how about the first time you hear Bond, James Bond? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. All right, same question, different movie. What is the best moment in this movie? The Room. <laughs> There's too many. Um, <laughs> this is the Tommy Wiseau yeah. piece of Tommy shit. Wiseau. No, no. We need to, you need to No, you don't. Yes, no. you do. No. Yes. I did not hit her. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. So my, my favorite best. moment in that movie is not so much in the movie. It was when we were watching the movie. And the first time the sex scene came on, and I think it was Brian. You were watching it with us, right? Maybe. Yeah, I think probably. it was you. You're like, why does his ass look like a ruffle chip? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was me. And then, I think that was um, Steve Campbell. Yeah, that was oh. Steve Campbell. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, then, and then it came up, like, the, they have the same sex scene because the girl didn't want to touch him anymore. So they just right. reused the sex scene over the again. same sex scene. <laughs> and they just cut it. Whoever said it was still like, it still looks like a ruffle chip. <laughs> yeah. I love the random lines that you hear from, like, other characters in the movie. When, the flower shop, yeah. When, no, no, not at the flower shop, at the party. When okay. Lisa's telling the story of, like, how she's not really pregnant, and there's just some random guy who's listening to the story who goes, I feel like I'm sitting on an atomic bomb waiting for it to go off. <laughs> like, <laughs> Actually, the flower shop is my favorite moment in this film. You're my favorite customer. <laughs> yeah. Hi, doggy. <laughs> See, every now and then oh. I, I think about wanting to make a movie. Yeah, and then I think Which, of this movie, and I'm going, "Oh, it could turn out like that." It could be like, <laughs> "Oh, I would love to make a movie that turned out like this." No, he's made a career off of this movie. I don't, I don't care. I don't want to be known for that. People have made a movie about the making of this movie. Yeah, I, yeah, no. You can only aspire to make something like this. Your life is a joke. His whole life, and and for James Franco to be tagged to it, I would kill myself. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Stem to stern, just cut right. Oh James my! Franco is the king. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Holy shit! Who would you want to play you in a movie, Kevin? Seth Rogen is Miss Miller. <laughs> exactly. Uh, depends on the time of life, but yeah. If I'm an old man, Tom Hanks. Uh, other than oh, now, I yeah, got it. Now, oh shut up. <laughs> I've I've said this before and I'll say it again. It doesn't matter what time of my life, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> oh yeah. When you're three years old. <laughs> Don't care. It'd be perfect. It'd be like the boss baby. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's all we got for a tale of tales. We are going to come back and talk about Patrick's pairing to my pick, Willow. That's my pick. It's Brian's pick to Patrick's pairing, which should have been Patrick. <laughs> Or it's Brian's pairing to your pick, but you know.
Okay, so my pairing to Nate's theme of fairy tales and his pick of Tale of Tales was Willow uh, from 1988, directed by Ron Howard, uh, starring Val Val Kilmer and Warwick Davis. Uh, It's the story of essentially a dwarf. He has a special uh, race name that is not dwarf. I can't recall what it is off the top of my head. Um, Dakini? No, that's Elwin. The... Oh, right. Dakini yeah. is wow. the big people, right? Yeah, Dakini are the big people. Elwin are the little people. Okay. And then brownies are brownies. Right. Yeah. This this was my <laughs> yeah, Lord of the Rings before so Lord of the Rings. Well, because it is pretty much Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah, so this is what happens when you can't get the rights to make Lord of the Rings, but you're <laughs> like, I'm going to make it anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty accurate. I'm back. So, so um,. I forgot Tom was gone. The uh... oh, did you guys start? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. It, we haven't we haven't had any. We're discussion. on the flick chart already. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> no. So it's the story of a dwarf who has to no return way. a special baby, a, uh, a a child of legend, to the Daikini people, um, and the first one he picks is. I believe he even introduces himself as Mad Mardigan. And he just says, yeah, sure, that's fine. <laughs> and hands it off. Um, you yeah, know, this is, I had actually never seen this movie, uh, until the pot, until we had done it for the podcast. So it was, I was totally going into this blind. Uh, everything I thought of, I had seen about this movie was definitely, uh, that Ewok adventure movie. Not all this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, yeah, right? I actually really enjoyed it. Um, It doesn't seem super dated to me. I mean, there's obviously certain parts of it that will be, but um, overall I felt it. it, the majority of it held up still. Um, But let's get what you guys think about it, and let's just shift over to Patrick. Um, I think I'd seen little bits of it on the, you know, Saturday afternoon things, but I don't, I think this was the first time I sat down and just fully straight up watched it too. Um, I liked it. I, nothing really stood out as great or not great about it though. Like it seemed like very, this was your 19, what was it like 85 or 86? 88. Was it 88? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it seemed, but it seemed very much in that vein of, like you said, the Ewok adventure. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, I liked the Ewok adventure. The wait, what? Battle for Endor? <laughs> Someone's off the podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying. I like the Ewok movies too. Some ones are off the podcast. Oh, I. All right. Yeah. Good luck having the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Didn't think that through. Yeah, oh, who's going to edit? Yeah. Four hour podcast. Fuck the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> This is the first time I've watched it all the way through, I think, since I was a kid. Um, And then when I was like a teenager and things, it would often pop up on TBS or TNT or something like that. And I I might catch a clip here or there. Um, But I I remembered after watching it again as an adult, I was like, okay, yeah, I do remember seeing this as a young kid, like getting it on VHS from a blockbuster or some local thing and like renting it and watching it. Um, I, I found it really refreshing. As far as films go, it's interesting to see an original fantasy. Um, again, the location shots are gorgeous. 
the practical effects. Actually, I'll still be with Brian. I don't think it's aged terribly for a movie from the 80s and for a fantasy movie. The special effects could could still be really awful, but I think they hold up because so many of them are practical. I'm curious, like, for those of you I know, Steve, Kevin, and Patrick, those of you have kids, if you guys watched this with your children and what they thought about it. Oh, I did. I made sure to watch it with them. This is a movie, I own it. I've seen it dozens of times. Uh, I grew up with it, um, with Star Wars and the Ewoks and all that, Under the Rainbow, which I know you guys love and we talk about often. Uh, it was in that time frame, keep going, in that time frame where movie, little people were popular in movies yeah. for yeah. about 10 to 15 years. So this, this flowed right into that. Uh, As like caricatures rather than people. Well, this not, is a time not always. Not yeah. always. I mean, some, yes, but. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you didn't have people like, people like Dinklage or where they're known more as actors True. than yes. just a dwarf actor. But I can remember this. Would you say Warwick Davis is kind of the first actor who really kind of like people actually start thinking of him? Uh, No, actually, the guy who I don't know his name. The guy who played the wizard knew his name. uh, In the uh, Barty. Yeah. I I knew of him and I'd seen him on TV for I don't want to say decades, but for years before this came out. So his face was very familiar. Um, In the the credits, they said like and Billy Barty. Yeah. So you could Uh, Time Bandits. Was out around oh, this time, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so yeah. It, it was right. At, but the the one thing I remember about Willow is sitting in the theater, and this is back when you you everybody went before the movie started, and you saw all the previews, and you know that was part of the experience. Now everybody's like, well, the movie starts at seven thirty. I'll leave at seven thirty, and I'll get there because there's twenty minutes of previews and all that crap. Um, back then, the movie started at seven thirty. And the previews were leading up to that time frame. And this changed over time. But I can remember very vividly the the preview for this came out almost a full year before the movie. And the preview itself just laid this out as something that was going to be groundbreaking and awe-inspiring, just gorgeous to see on the big screen. It, it was. It was a little disappointing from, from the marketing and everything. But I, I just... I have such a wonderful experience as a child growing up seeing this. And then so when my kids... When we had this for the podcast, they had already seen it. Because like I said, we own it. But I'm like, okay, we're all going to sit down and watch this again. Um, so, yeah, I, I love this movie. It has flaws, but I love this movie. So my kids are at an age now where this kind of thing doesn't fly. Yeah. So, because they're teenagers and, like, getting them to sit down and watch a movie with me is painful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and especially these days, a movie that I love where halfway through they're like, this is boring. They get up and leave. This like breaks my heart. So I don't, I, I've given up on that for at least a little while. Uh, and I was like, I loved this movie as a kid. Rewatching this movie, it is total crap. I hated this. The acting what? is appalling. The uh, effects no. are terrible. Warwick, yes. at, no. Warwick Davis. Sorry, I'm sorry. Terrible. Off the job. podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. The That's story it. We're all doing individual awful. podcasts. Everything about this is horrible. I I absolutely hated this. I wish I hadn't rewatched it because I had such fond feelings for this movie. And oh, it's just it's bad. It's so bad. It's it, it basically feels like uh, the whole time I'm watching the movie, it's like. This is as good as we can do at this time. It, but just wait in a few years. Lord of the Rings will come out. It'll be better. You know, it just feels like oh, a warm up. But it's, to it's what suffering to by comparison for you, which is oh, yeah, fair. absolutely. It is. Right. But just I didn't enjoy sitting through this movie. 
It was just, it was so, well, so when you bad. first watched it, you were, you would have been... 88, 10? I would have been 10. Okay. Yeah. Now you can drink. So have a lot to drink <laughs> for your rewatch. No, we watched it in... Mentally get back to When we were fishing. Oh. I, was, I was inebriated. Oh, yeah. Sufficiently true. inebriated. Yeah. And I still didn't enjoy this movie. But I, yeah, I I did not enjoy this at all. I feel like nothing I might, about it. I didn't not watch it with thing. either of my kids. I feel like I'm. It, I feel like they might have bumped it up for me though, because I feel like they, I they would have gotten definitely. They would have gotten excited at the parts that I was kind of like. That I'm yeah. I feel like I'm jaded by because yeah. I'm like nah. You know, it's like nah. That's okay. Yeah. You know, whereas they would have been like ah, oh, that's hilarious, and, yeah. and I, I probably would have. I'm sure I would have. I need to borrow some young kids to watch this with. Yeah. No, Steve, you shouldn't say that when you're <laughs> Or when you're not. Or when you're sound by Do not yeah. condone those actions. We said borrow. Yeah, I'll give them back. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, I found this, um, I think some of the criticism, one of the criticisms you point out is the acting's a little weak. I think there are moments when it is a little, um, the lines are just delivered and, and they move on. I'll give you that. Um, but I think the story is very genuine. I think there's there are some really nice surprises. Like even the final conclusion where... Um, he drinks right, her with this. Yeah. He wins not with magic, but with his Clever. little parlor yeah. trick. His his little parlor it's trick, which my, they had done a good job of. Magic disappearing pig. They had shown that yeah. At, the, yeah, at the beginning, but you honestly kind of... Forget about it a little bit. You expect that the magical acorn is going to turn to stone, right? And they do a good job of playing with the conflict. Um, there's a lot of surprising moments. I think it's... Well, um, I don't really understand how she dies. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but she dies. Um, she's <laughs> she got knocks a ball over and she dies. Yeah. Um, and then... And, and so th there are things like that. There are these plot holes. Um, I don't understand why Joanne Whaley's character, Sorsha... She clearly just changes sides because at that point the Val Kilmer's a really good kisser. Oh, I right. changed yeah. sides. She'd that. never <laughs> known love prior to oh, that. Man, She'd never had so somebody who could appreciate her this. and be There's actually a deleted piece of story that connected those that puts things. them together. Yeah, yeah. But something about you don't yeah, see about it. her. Yeah. Her dad was uh, like mysteriously or something. And it, it's not a good. Connecting piece of story, but, <laughs> but it would have been a little at least better. to connect. Yeah, like yeah. He, he was one of the frozen people, and like he spiritually spoke to her or something stupid mm -hmm. like that. But, yeah. but she basically she basically switches because that's what the love interest is supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. She's not a strong character. No, she's not a strong character. And so there's there's some weak stuff like that. But as, as far as the arch goes, as far as the story goes, I think, I think it it has a good three acts. I think it's it's rare to get fantasy like this. Um. It's it's got a flaw here or there, but I don't think it should get this kind of vitriol. Like you hate it, it's awful. I think it's still charming and playful. Yeah, I mean, this got panned pretty badly by critics at the time. Um, didn't I don't... didn't didn't we discuss last week that Steve has no whimsy? Oh yeah, that's <laughs> yes. right. No, 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 no. no silliness whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, we keep calling this original fantasy, and it isn't in the fact that it's. A quote unquote original story. I mean, it it's pretty much a one to one ripoff of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um you, you can take I, like, I all couldn't the, take I I ahead. couldn't like I couldn't ignore that while watching this. That that was part of the problem is Well I can't I can't I I can all right, here's I watched this movie. This is the first time I'd seen it all since I was I don't know, thirteen or fourteen. 
I used to watch this on TV like almost every weekend. Um, and then I had it on like a really old crappy VHS copy for a while. This is the first time I'd seen it like in crystal clear picture and widescreen. And the cinematography is great. And James Horner's score is great. Um, I can watch this movie. I I can't ignore those things. Like I'm like, well, yeah, the baby is the ring, and mm-hmm. you know, it's a little person going on a quest. Um, and you know, Val Kilmer is Aragorn. Yeah, and you know. the good witch is is um, Gandalf, and mm-hmm. the bad witch is Saruman, and you know, the, I mean, you can pretty much like down the line, every major uh, character and plot point in Lord of the Rings is present here. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, but, but that's also just establishing of a genre. You you could point that out to a lot of flaws for other fantasy films or books. No, or I'm not saying this is this is go, this is going beyond being archetypal. This is like you shrink down Mary and Pippin and you get two brownies. That's it. this is this is basically an allegory for Lord of the Rings. But what I'm saying is I'm not ignoring that stuff watching it, and I'm not ignoring all the flaws. But I still really enjoy watching it, and it was it was cool. Like watching it 20 years, probably about 20 years later since the last time I saw it, and I was still quoting it along with the movie, you know. And I was just having a good time watching it. And the fact that I could see the great cinematography and the craft and the stunt work and the practical effects now as an adult and appreciate all those things is just like icing on the cake. So I really enjoyed rewatching this. Um, Val Kilmer over Axe. Can I say that too? Everybody knows that. Yeah, I was gonna say all these things. I just you mentioned Val Kilmer's in the movie. <laughs> he does not overact in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He certainly does. No, he. I think he plays that perfect. It's one of the few roles where he does that. I think Shane Black found a way to uh, hide his overacting. Maybe, yeah. Val Kilmer's yeah, better when he's being a little theatrical. Yeah, yeah. All his all his best roles are him being theatrical. This Mad Mardigan, Doc Holliday. Perry and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang are all kind of just a little bit theatrical. Did anybody weird read the uh, trivia that Ron Howard, as a director, is almost always finds some little role for Clint, his brother? Oh yeah. my gosh! And yes. so be- because he couldn't uh, in Willow, he modeled the two-headed dragon after him. Oh, after I didn't Clint know Howard. that. That's <laughs> so it's so, supposed to look. Like Clint Howard. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> and if you actually go and look at pictures, it's actually it's it's surprising. Oh, yeah, now, now I gotta look this up. <laughs> I didn't think about it while I was watching it. Now I'm dragon it from Willow. It has no chin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look up yeah, an image of Clint Howard. Yeah, look, brother. I oh, they have a picture of them together. Oh, let me see. Got the crazy teeth. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's the ultimate like fuck you to your brother. I, <laughs> I like how the. Uh, Wizard lady tells Willow to use the wand, and that's what creates the giant monster. Yes. <laughs> use the wand, and then he does on the troll, and then the troll splits open, and he kicks it in the water, and it turns into this giant monster. Like, wow. <laughs> that was scarring as a kid, to watch that troll lasagna Split open, yeah. ball thing. Oh. Yeah. But the first, the first shot where you see the trolls is really, really cool. It doesn't draw attention to them. You, right, yeah. He's just walking along the bridge, and you just see them crawling along. And then it's like, oh my god, what is that? All right, so let's grade Willow. Steve, you start. Uh, I'm going to give it a D, and that's only for sentimental reasons. D for dick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's open. It's coming up. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
right now now that Steve got his wrong opinion out of the way uh... <laughs> that'll be the consensus Steve is wrong <laughs> Nate um, I'm gonna give this a uh, a B if I keep rewatching this as an adult I might it might drop down to a C if I keep thinking about all the flaws but I still have some whimsy left. I'm gonna say this mm-hmm. is a B Tom Damn young whippersnapper <laughs> yeah I mean this goes beyond just retaining my childlike sense of whimsy like there were aspects of this that i appreciated as an adult that i would not have as a child so i'm also giving this a b kevin i'm giving it an a it does have some flaws but i will watch this forever patrick i'm giving it a c i will also give it a b which i believe is three b's and a a c and a d gives me a c plus okay so now let's add willow to flick chart Again, Flickchart is a website where you uh, rank movies against each other on until you form a list of your favorite movies. One of these days, we should re-rank this movie. The first movie up is Willow and Three Kings. Three Kings. Willow. Is that two for Three Kings? Yes. yes. Okay. Three Kings. All right. Three Kings wins, because I'm going Three Kings. Willow or Manchester by the Sea? Manchester, Manchester by, the sea. by the Sea. Are you kidding me? I did not like this movie. Wow. Willow. I'm also going Manchester by the Sea. Am I just not hearing Nate? No, Nate hasn't said anything yet. Well, I didn't, I didn't hear him on the last two either. Oh, uh, I, I was talking. I, I just realized my microphone was muted. Thanks for okay. hearing about me, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Three I kings. totally noticed you weren't talking, Nate. <laughs> I just didn't want to say anything. I've been yelling the three podcast. things for the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> just screaming it. My wife came up and said, what is wrong? <laughs> I was like, they won't listen! Frankincense! <laughs> <laughs> if only we could have some myrrh! We just need myrrh! Manchester by the Sea. Yes. Manchester by the Sea, yes. Which Nate still has still not... I still haven't seen in the last... Oh, months. okay. And you guys resoundingly always bring up how depressing it is, and I'm like, oh, sure, yeah, I want to watch that, man. <laughs> Again, you haven't seen it once. Right, I know. <laughs> But even when you watch it once, it feels like you're watching it again. <laughs> uh, Manchester by the Sea wins. Willow or Tale of Tales? Willow. Tale of Tales. Tale of Tales. Tale of Tales. Tom, did I just hear you go, ooh, or did you say Willow? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I'm going to go Willow at this point. I'm going to say Willow. Nobody's going to budge, except for me. <laughs> You just budge yourself? <laughs> Master budget? <laughs> Willow or another movie that I picked? <laughs> Cockneys versus Zombies. Willow. 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 Cockneys versus Zombies. Stop it. <laughs> Go watch the Ewok Adventures. <laughs> Actually, Cockneys versus Zombies was pretty funny. Yeah, what I remember. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. It was- <laughs> it was surprisingly good. Yeah, it was yeah. better than I expected it. Yeah, that's for sure. Willow or the Man of Chai Tea? Another movie I picked. <laughs> Willow. Yeah, Willow. I have not yet seen this man. <laughs> so can't read. Yeah. I gotta go Man of Chai Tea. I like that movie. <laughs> oh. I, yeah, that's what I'm kind of... Like, I don't mean to be this hard on Willow. So first up, uh, listeners, you should understand, it's actually a man of Tai Chi, not Chai Tea. No, it's oh. Chai Tea. Sorry. Willow or American Hustle? Willow. American Hustle. Willow. American Willow. Hustle. Willow wins? I'm kind of feeling like Patrick's grade should be a little closer to my grade. 
No, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I just like, so far it's been coming good movies that I just like better. Willow or The Four Seasons? Willow. Willow. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Willow. Uh, yeah. Even with your obsession with uh, Alan Alda? Alan Alda? Yeah, yeah, it gave me pause. Yeah. It did. Uh, it's America's first dad. I know. He might as well have been my dad. I watched him every night. He put me to bed more than my own father did. <laughs> this, oh, this is going. Like, this is, oh, no, I used to watch the man. I'm just going to break down crying in a minute. Not therapy. I, know. I keep showing up at Alan Alda's house. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Alan Alda played Willow. <laughs> no, if he, played, if he played Mad Mardigan, that would have been hilarious. Oh, yeah. There you go. I can't tell you how often growing up that one of my cousins called me Peck. <laughs> were you small growing up? That was, well, my cousins were could be pretty Older. brutal, but oh. um, yeah, Peck was like a, that was just part of the vernacular Yeah, growing up. I'm sorry, Peck. Did they, do you think they got that from Willow or was it... Or did oh, Willow, yeah. like, yeah? Okay. Oh, yeah, that came right from Willow. Yeah. Mm. The thing is, even if you hadn't seen it, like, the person saying it, using it, even if you hadn't seen it, you're being called that, you know it's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Out of the way, peck. <laughs> Willow wins. So Willow is at number 408, directly below Tale of Tales. <laughs> so we're going to come back and talk about what we're watching on the next podcast. All right, so for our next podcast, it's going to be coming up around in October time. So we're going to do what we do typically, which is uh, we do a WTF hunt. For those of you who aren't up on hip, cool internet lingo, that means what the fuck. So these will be... It's a day that sounds so creepy. <laughs> that was my... Uh, teacher voice when I have to say something inappropriate, which uh, now okay. I understand my kids' faces. Yeah. <laughs> so, kids, today we're going to talk about sex. <laughs> yeah, see? You, you teach English. I also teach Chaucer. Oh, yeah. yeah. And probably and, Shakespeare. And Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I tell them normally with literature, we're either, we're either talking sex or death. And it's, yeah. it's like it's one way or the other. Class is interesting. Um, big death and little death. Yeah, big deaths and little deaths. I don't think they, they understand that French thing, but that's okay. Yeah, um, yeah we do. I had, a, <laughs> so I had a teacher once go through every, all, every dick and vagina joke in Hamlet and he, like <laughs> laid them out all on the board. Yeah. Wow. wow. There's got to be at least It took up a lot of the board. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't do all of them, but there's, there, there are times when, when the kids are acting them out and they'll be like, I don't get that line. I'll be like, it's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and the schnozberries taste like schnozberries. Yeah. Um, but so so every year we like to do a WTF month where we just deliberately put ourselves through pain, a different kind of pain than um, our junk January. So we've been trying to switch it up. And so I thought, why not really mess with ourselves and do crazy documentaries? Because there's, there's nothing like a fictional fucked up life as a real fucked up life. <laughs> so I had seen this trailer for a documentary that just looked absolutely crazy. And I, I actually haven't wanted to watch it because it looks so strange. So I figured this would be perfect for us. So I am choosing Tickle, which is by, it's a documentary about underground tickling. 
I don't know how else to describe it. This comes from David Ferrier, who is a uh, journalist and documentarian who recently released on Netflix, um, Dark Tourist. So you probably know him from this, but he did this before it. And it's he tries to just kind of on, on like a gag, figure out what's going on with this underground tickling competition and starts getting like threats and it starts becoming crazy. And it, it seems like really, really strange. So that's going to be I a really to. uncomfortable film. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. And so, Steve, what are you giving us? Well, I, it's actually surprising to surprisingly difficult to find a, a weird documentary. There's documentaries about weird things, but the do, for the documentary itself to be kind of strange and whatever, um, it was kind of tough. So um, I ended up stumbling upon this documentary called Tabloid, which is about uh, a girl, woman, uh, Miss Wyoming, very attractive young lady who basically abducts a Mormon and forces him to have sex with her for a weekend. Oh, and and it becomes this That's, huge sensation in England. This is not what I thought this movie was about. Yeah, uh, they're both American. They went over to England. She went over to England, abducted him. He was on a mission and uh, took him to a cabin and basically tied him to a bed and had her way with him for a weekend. Oh, this is going to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you don't people being tied down. <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, you. you there's not as much discussion about the other side of the rape issue. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a question of whether or not it was like whether or not he was just saying he was unwilling because he was a Mormon missionary, like that kind of thing. Sure. And so that there, there is even a brief section because I watched it There's a brief section on discussion of whether a man can be raped by a woman. Yeah. That's what I'm talking so, about. Like, yeah. That, that, yeah. The answer is yes, but you don't hear it discussed that. Much. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's Earl Morris who, if we're going to talk documentaries, we should talk yeah. about Earl Morris because he really doesn't get discussed enough. Uh, I hear a lot of good things about like the Thin Blue Line. The only one I've seen is Gates of Heaven, which is really strange because it was about a pet cemetery. Um, but that movie is basically like what Christopher Guest tries to do, but in a comedic way. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, like if you watch Gates of Heaven, it's like, oh, this is a Christopher Guest movie, except it's not a comedy. I was thinking like Fog of War, where he sits down with uh, Robert McNamara and gets him to admit, gets him to admit that yeah, he totally killed like tens of thousands of American teenagers. So that's gonna be a happy. Yeah. Uh, just Talk like about today. getting tickled in sex with models. What? So before we do that, can we, um, there's two new movies that we're not able to go into the list before because they had apostrophes. You got a bug up your ass about this. Yeah, thing. I do. Because okay. it, it messes up our homepage. Oh, that's okay. If we don't have the, so River's Edge, um, do you, who, Tom picked it. I didn't pick uh, it. No, I think I picked it. You want nothing to do with that. <laughs> I think I paired it. With don't you say that I picked that movie? Okay. I wasn't, so, I wasn't, I wasn't I don't even there. I claim it, but I'm pretty sure I responsible. I still, I still feel like Tom should be blamed. Is that the I one where, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, what's his face? I changed it. Uh, who, who plays McFly? Uh, oh, yeah. Crispin, Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. He's yeah. in that, right? Yeah. He's a yes. weirdo in that one. 
Like a, a, a real weirdo? Not Saying a, Crispin Glover's a weirdo. I know. That's why I had to kind of qualify it. Even weird <laughs> for him. The one where he plays There's really only one movie where he's not weird. That's Back to the Future. Other than that, he's, he's weird. kind of weird in that one. Yeah, that's and true. He's a little weird. A little, but Maybe works. I just haven't seen enough Crispin Glover movies. Um, I just watched Friday the 13th Part 4. And he's even like insanely weird in that movie. Just as a supposedly normal teenage boy. <laughs> Didn't he die? No. He's dead. Isn't no. He? I don't oh. think so. He died in the movie, sure. No, no, I, I mean, not yeah, it's Friday the 13th. I thought I saw something like people that you didn't know that passed away this year, like they always do oh. for movies. I could have sworn you were. Oh, you little... mean those yeah, clickbait but... articles you shouldn't be reading? Yeah, but half, but half the time they put like a picture of an actor who's still alive on them just so you yeah. click on it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, honestly, I haven't clicked on it because I'm going to see it for the Oscars. So I'm like, ah, I'll watch it then. I just figured it, he was dead. Okay. Yeah. You guys know what Crispin Glover's middle name is? Steve. Is it, is it Crispin? Is Crispin Rice? <laughs> I know what it is now. See what you it's did there. Hellion. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Hellion. Hell, I O N. Hellion. Hellion, yeah. Patrick. Let me read the movie quotes on this poster for I'll you. I'll give it a D. A very um, great film. Two thumbs up. Brilliant. <laughs> River's Edge should cause people to argue and celebrate for years. Or not. Yes. Celebrate the fact. That I agree with some of those theater. words. <laughs> Shocking and unforgettable. Four stars out of a hundred. 